I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. Welcome to another episode of Curious Conversation. Sarah, how are you? I'm pretty good, actually, Tell. How are you going? I'm great, thank you. It's a I love beautiful that day. It's kind of, we're obviously based in Melbourne and the sun has been shining the last few days and I'm not mad about it. Spring is in the air. It is and I'm very excited. But what's been but happening? But saying that, I can't get my face in the sun because I had yeah, laser so Sarah, on my face. Sarah had BB out on her mm-hmm. face. So essentially you have to literally wear 50... SPF all the time. Yep. I had some sunspots because I was naughty growing up. Even now, I do put my son in the my son in the face, my face in the sun. I don't think you'd be the only one. I feel like when we were growing up, it was kind of like, I mean, you did do slip, slop, slap, but it wasn't really a thing that you got educated on as much no. as you now. And we do regret it. And we are definitely not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> we're paying for it now. But yep. no, it's something that I've wanted for a very, very long time and you had it done and I was like, I actually want that done. So I had my first session and I go back in a month yes. and I'll have my second session. Yeah. So Sarah goes to Skin Boutique in Elwood. Shout out. They've had two shout outs the last two weeks yeah. in a row because our last episode with Ella from Maths, she previously worked at the Skin Boutique. So it's amazing treatment and I've had my chest done because I used to go to, I was really naughty and used to go to the solarium. I totally regret it now. Um, that's one thing I've never done. I've never been in a solarium. Yeah, it's awful and it, yeah, I'm glad they're banned mm-hmm. because it's not very, not a very good decision to make. But you know, young and just wanted to be tanned and all those kind of things. Young, dumb, and free. Free, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but on this week's episode, we had a, a really, really amazing podcast episode, and I walked away feeling inspired and just like I kind of felt like I wanted to like work, yeah. like go get, like I don't yep. know, it just gave me a lot of motivation. So I think it's going to be a very great episode for you guys to listen to. And so we have? We sat down with Renice Brewster from Visual Domain. Yes. So um, Visual Domain is essentially a video production company. Yep. So we, and this day and age, you've got your social medias, you've got TikTok and video has definitely changed. She launched in 2008. Yeah. It consumes our whole world. Like you think me personally, I watch Reels, I watch TikTok, I watch YouTube, I watch TV. So for as much as you don't probably think about it, you're watching video content all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. And it's it does consume, especially now, our lives a lot. Mm. So it was really nice to get a little bit of an understanding about her company and, you know, the emotion behind videos. And also what I love the most is how she built her way up to where the company is now. So inspiring. And I think... Oh, I just hats off to her, like really got me inspired. 
so inspired that we both walked away and we basically asked her if she would be our mentor. Yeah. So I was like, she's kind of someone that you would want to have in your life as a business mentor. And she also runs, which we talk about in the podcast, is the Girls in Tech in Australia. So you'll find out more about that. And I think if you're a female in business or even a male in business, but particularly female because that's our target market, is I think you'll get a lot out of it. And I think it's a really, really great episode for you guys if you run a business. And she's also a mum. Yeah. And she's Aussie and she's in Melbourne and just everything about her was um, so inspiring. Yeah. I love it. So I think we should get into it. Yes. And guys, it would be really helpful if you subscribed to our podcast and gave us a five-star rating. And leave a little bit of love in a comment form. Yeah. That would be amazing. Uh, And don't forget to like, subscribe and share with all your friends. Have a beautiful week, guys. Ciao. Renice, welcome to Curious Conversations. Thank you for having me. We're excited to have you. We've obviously done a little bit of research on you and you are impressive. That's a worry. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, like a powerhouse when it comes to business and even to the fact that you're on the the board of the non-for-profit charity, is it Women in Tech? Girls in Tech. Yeah, that's it. Your your background is phenomenal because you started this business visual visual domain how long ago 14 years ago now yeah and so that is before the evolution of visual content instagram everything yeah we definitely it was definitely not a thing video marketing when we started which made it all the more scary to get started but here we are now 14 years later and videos everywhere yeah yeah. I'm really excited for this conversation because video is everywhere and we're in that part of our lives where it's, you know, for me, it dominates a lot of my life, your social media, your TikToks yeah. and stuff. I just want to go back to, it was 2008 mm-hmm. when you launched. Yep. So why did you decide to get in this space? Uh, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a meant to be situation, right? So at the time, that's okay (laughs) at the time um I was working at a a company that created mobile websites for a mobile phone which sounds pretty like we can all understand that but this was pre-iPhone oh wow (laughs) so this was for like a Blackberry like the smartphone did not exist back in this time and we're talking like GFC every business is getting hit really hard and it was like a great idea which you know two years later would have been a successful app mm, company, mm. but just at the time just didn't get through the GFC. But in its final few days or months of kind of being alive, they started to kind of branch out and my boss at the time was mates with someone who worked in TV and he said, why don't we offer these clients who are doing the website a, a video? Mm. So I had a little kind of insight into video marketing and it was, I loved it. Like I just, I don't know why, I just loved it. I think I loved the fact that, Video marketing so was not accessible mm. to these brands we were bringing it to. Yeah. At that point in time, you, like unless you had six figures, you couldn't yeah. get a video. So it was the top end of town. Here's kind of more smaller, medium businesses getting access to it. And just I think it's like that, you know, they're seeing it like all professional, like on mm. TV and just that excitement of seeing it at the time really got me sucked in. But anyway, that business was not to be, unfortunately. And at the farewell drinks, the the mate of of um, my boss at the time came up said, I, I reckon we can make a thing of this. And wow. I dismissed it straight away, yeah. straight away. 
for good reason. Yeah. <laughs> like I loved it, loved the space. I could really enjoy it. But, well, for one, video marketing wasn't a thing. So yeah. it's not like it was an industry I could kind of identify with or kind of figure out where to start. Like two, I hadn't started a business before. So, you know, didn't mm. have firsthand experience, had just lived through a small startup kind of going under through that didn't really want that, mm. which is probably all more important because I had like a mortgage at the time. Mm. Um, my husband was doing a carpentry apprenticeship. So oh, he's wow. only like $200 yeah. a week. It was, you know, so it was really up to me. I had to make sure I was like, Ends great me. idea. Would love to do this, yeah. but it's a risk. This is a huge risk. Mm. I had a toddler. So oh it wasn't God. just, me and my husband, I had to the whole know, family. You know, yeah, I had yeah. to. You had bills to pay. Exactly. And, yeah. um, the kicker was I was pregnant. <laughs> oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so I loved the idea, but it was just like oh, I can't do it. And I sort of walked away and and went out in the job market and was looking for stuff and and got offers, but I just couldn't get it yeah. out of my head. And he called me a few weeks later, and the thing that just changed everything. It's the stupidest bloody comment, but he said people open restaurants all the time and they never know if anyone's going to come, but they just do it anyway. Oh, I, I don't know that. why that was such an epiphany because it's yeah. the stupidest comment unrelated to video. But true. Yeah, but that's true. true. Yeah. So we got in our head, okay, so if we can get five people, five videos a week, that's one a day, that's mm-hmm. like one person having a little video meal mm-hmm. and now, you know, make-believe restaurant video production company. Mm. We're on a winner. So I got a retail job. I was delivering pizzas. I was pregnant. I had a toddler and we started Visual Domain. Oh, <laughs> my God. What a story. It was full on, but I did. I just bloody loved it. And yeah. I think that same, like, just passion for the product, like 14 years later, it's completely different. I still love it just as wow. much. I love <laughs> that, that story. Back in that time, how does it feel or how did it feel like? when you landed your first client? Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> that's a story in itself. Yeah. <laughs> so we decided to, like, focus on the real estate industry to begin with because mm-hmm. during the GFC, properties weren't selling. We mm-hmm. really saw an opportunity. We could create, like, a little video of someone's home for sale and help it get it across the line, which is a really common thing now. But back mm-hmm. then there wasn't a spot for the video to go in on wow. any of, you know, real the estate or domain. Yeah, like, right. it, didn't, it couldn't go anywhere. Um so really, like, we were really trying to convince people on this idea of mm. what it's like a TV commercial for yeah. your home, you know. They didn't exist. Um, and in order to do that, both my business partner and I both have, like, I had the toddler, we'd go to the park and, like, stalk the real estate agents <laughs> at the park and try and get in front of them just to get, just give us a shot, like, let's give it a go. And, yeah, yeah we got a few. It was such a magic time for video marketing and oh, God, if we still had it today, the world would be very different. But because Google had just bought YouTube at the mm-hmm. time, like yeah. literally the same time we started, you'd put something on YouTube and you'd just tag it like in the real estate mm. instance, you know, real estate Melbourne, for example. Literally 10 minutes later, you'd just Google real estate Melbourne and number oh, one no was way. the video. Wow. So that really worked in our favour to build that momentum early on and it kind of just took off yeah. quicker than we could thought. The, the challenge at the time was, you know, we we got that initial momentum, which was hard. Like you weren't mm. really selling the idea. It's not like we had like examples we could draw on. It was just this concept. Then we had to figure out 
how do we make it affordable enough that they'll keep coming back? Yeah. You know, and how can we turn it around quick enough? Like a yeah. property's marketing schedule is normally four weeks. So we had to be able to do it really quickly. And this is really showing our age, but we had to do it professionally because like digital cameras for video mm. didn't really exist. So that's We're, an expensive process. We yes. would do it on tape. Like it was oh, so you wow. needed a proper videographer, yeah. like someone wow. wasn't just a photographer with yeah. a camera. Yeah. You actually had, you know, someone who had done four years of uni or whatever yeah. to, to learn and then how to, to cut edit to cut and edit but it's because of I think having five the number five in our head we had to have five people every week come Mm. in and buy a video then we had to you know kind of where could we get five a week real estate real estate led us to how do we make it kind of you know fast affordable but still really professional high quality product like you fast forward to today and think I love our real estate video days, but we don't do any real estate yeah. videos anymore. But this is the corporate world now, yeah. you know, like they need fresh content every single week that's turned around quickly that, you know, is professional so it can reflect their brand, but also, you know, they can do affordably so, so they can true. do enough of them. So, yeah, yeah. it's kind of laid the foundations yeah. for us. Did you have any history in sales? Uh, yeah, I had. I used to sell um, my job. I worked Coles in the deli, but we'll, we'll just brush <laughs> past that. But when I was 16, I got a job at, at Billy Guy's, which was like an electrical yeah. um, furniture store and used to sell like fridges and vacuum oh, wow. cleaners yeah, and yeah, yeah. stuff even like when I was a teenager. That was my McDonald's. <laughs> Starting a business, that is probably I would say, I don't know if you would agree, tell one of the hardest parts yeah. is being able to sell your product 100%. or your service to someone else. 100%. It is and it isn't. I think when it's your business, you don't put yourself through that when you don't believe in what you're doing. So I think there's also just that passion. Yeah. Yeah. And real conviction for what you're doing. Like I really did believe in it. I really Mm. did love it. Like still do. So, you know, in my mind and very much so I could see by the results we were getting people like we really just wanted to help yeah. and show them yeah. what they could do with yeah. with video which was so new that's so funny we're actually having that conversation today about um you can you're the best person to sell your product mm. so true and it is passion yeah so much passion this was I, a challenge a few yeah. years on of trying to get other people to sell our yeah. product yeah wow Sorry. that's crazy no that's okay I just want to go back to the real estate did they tell you how the sales were converting like did it help sales um, I don't know how much of an inf- – definitely there was anecdotal stories. Yeah. The views were really good. Mm-hmm. I think they became a really useful tool, but because they were so new, it was still – they were more an affirmation tool for a lot of buyers mm-hmm. so they'd actually go through the home and, you know, they'd be – you know, normally you had the little brochure and you'd yeah. Yeah. in the week and start looking at the floor plan where your furniture would go. So many would then watch the video and go, mm-hmm. now this is my home and yeah. I want it. But it was such a strange time because properties just weren't selling back then. We used to do like auction profiles to showcase the auctioneer. I think it took us almost, it was over 12 months and we did like a couple hundred of these things, of these auction profiles, not one property sold under auction. Oh, wow. So we always had to fake it. And like sold. Yeah, 100%. Fake it, you make it. That's one of our business rules. So, yeah, I'd the videos definitely helped, but it was just such yeah. a weird time in the world. Yeah. We're currently sitting in your office, which is quite large. Just for people who are listening, how has visual domain changed over the 14 years? 
How big is it now? Uh, well, we're just over 100. We're Australia-wide. Mm. Um, we do, it's funny, we used to do close to 300 videos a week. It's actually scaled back to about 200, which is still a huge number. Mm. But A week. A week. Wow. But the productions are so much bigger and they've actually mm. really changed a lot in the last two years. So, you know, so much was this sort of fast turnaround, still high quality, but I guess kind of very almost productized, yeah. like they're almost mm. sort of pieces to get, like we really kind of were doing a lot of those. I think now clients are looking for a bit more more production value, a higher-end product. You know, it wouldn't be uncommon for us to send one person out on location to film and, and now we do send half a dozen. Like yeah. it is a much bigger production yeah. that we put off. I just got a question for people that are listening. Uh, production, can you just give us a rundown of what actually, like you obviously do TV commercials and stuff like that. Now yeah. social media is huge. What are, what are some of the productions that you do based on TV, social media, all that kind of stuff? So really we specialise in kind of corporate video okay. production. So anything a brand could need in the space of video mm-hmm. and it, it is pretty video exclusive. We've, yep. We sometimes support with photography and and help with other kind of visual mediums, but video is like what we live Mm -hmm. and breathe for, right? It's what gets us out of bed in the morning. So video can be social media, can be internal comms, animation. We do personalised video, live streaming, um, interactive videos, um, literally anything in the video universe that a brand could need, we do. Yeah. Does a brand come to you with what they need and then you produce it all? Like they, you're like, oh, we need to try and create this try to of emotion and connectivity with the consumer. Yeah. Or do they come to you and say, like, we need this, 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 this? Bit of everything. Sometimes yep. they really know what they want. Here's the brief. Can you just make it mm. a reality? Yep. And that's cool. Other times it's like we've got this problem, you know, we're not selling this product, we yeah. don't know why, and then we'll come up with a few, you know, understand who the audience is, what medium would be best for it, um, and then come up with some creative ideas for them, and kind of everything in between. So yeah. it can be like we we really try and position ourselves as a client's partner in production and, you know, most of the clients we work with, which was over 500 last year, cool. are ones that we've had for several years. So it's really about understanding them, understanding their brand and I guess just where we can help and yeah. support as best we can through video just because we do live and breathe it every yeah. day and can see what works and, and what doesn't. Yeah, you mentioned before you have over 100 staff. Mm-hmm. How you've obviously come from, you know, this tiny and then all of a sudden you've got all these staff. How do you navigate staff? That scares the absolute shit out of me. <laughs> it is definitely scary. Yeah. You can't control people. No. <laughs> and, like, you love and you see this vision in your business and your brand and where you want it and it's hard to – how do you do it? So, God, it's such a loaded question. It's fine. I've kind of been on a journey with it. I think we kind of in the early days it was all about getting kind of – the business off the ground and so focused on the business. Mm -hmm. But there's been this point where the business is kind of stabilised and it's, you know, doing quite well. 
So why would we need to grow anymore? Because mm-hmm. technically we're a service business, which is not very sexy because the more <laughs> you sell, the more it costs you, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it's not. But what growth gives us is opportunity for our team. Yeah. So if we get bigger, it means our team have got opportunity to take on leadership roles, to take on bigger projects, to, you know, if we start taking on these kind of jobs that are in the six-figure range, they get the opportunity to work on those. And I think what I love about Visual Domain, like it's, pretty common in our industry that I'd say the bulk of the workforce is freelance. So, you know, they live a very contractor lifestyle, especially in your early days. Those hours on the tools just get you from, you know, your skill level goes up so much. So being able to offer people 40 hours, you know, 38 hours a week, full-time employment where they get to really come in and do what they love. I love. So, So growth really creates opportunity is something that's, you know, I think we kind of appreciated early on or, you know, growing for one thing is, you know, we obviously, I personally just love growing because it's yeah. a challenge for me, but I also really love the challenge for our people as well. And the shift I think has been in the early days, it was all about just trying to build the business. And that was kind of the vision while it wasn't ever really articulated. Mm. Our purpose was, are we a real business and can we succeed? And I think everyone kind of felt that and just followed and we were small. As we've gotten bigger, you know, now we really want to, you know, global domination obviously, which is every business's dream (laughs) naturally. So it's really about getting, I think, really crystal clear on why we exist the values that are so important to us, which I used to think was really wanky. No, I love. But now I'm like such a believer because it's everything and I think once you've got that vision and values really so clear in your mind, it kind of makes the people part super easy. Like do people believe in what you're creating? Are they on the journey with you? Yes, no. Do their values, you know, align to ours? And I think as well it's kind of what helps us create diversity across the team Mm -hmm. because those two things keep us together. But whatever else kind of comes and, you know, where people come from, what they look like, what their backgrounds are, are so different, which Mm. I love. Like we've got people who have been in television for like 30-odd years and other people who are just new in their industry, other who have had just their own little kind of social media startups, Mm, you know. So it's a really kind of diverse skill set, diverse bunch, but I think what aligns us is that vision and values. Mm. So for the team and I think growing them, that's the most critical Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I find obviously Sarah and I have a business and we speak to a lot of women in business. Personally, I find the hardest business, a part of business, and I think Sarah, you might agree a little bit, is the growth part of it. Like how do you get from one stage to the next? Do you get investors? Do you get any, have you had any investment coming in or how have you kind of got we bootstrapped for 10 years so that was a long time and Mm. definitely not common to to bootstrap that long I think in the early days like I think VC land startup land Mm -hmm. just even putting your deck together and go it's it's such in the business world such common language but Mm -hmm. back then it maybe I was just under a tree or something I just missed it all but it really just wasn't that common Mm. so um, maybe if I'd known about it, but very grateful that we didn't. Yeah. We, we bootstrapped, so we had it all on the line for a really long time. And 10 years in, I think we felt confident that if we had, you know, we, we don't have recurring income at, at Visual Domain and we have a high 
we have mm. 100 people. So yeah, you can imagine what that looks like. And every month you kind of got to almost start from zero and mm. work your way back up again. So if you want to be able to take risks, they've got to be so calculated and you can't afford to lose. Mm. So getting investment, I think we could see what we wanted to do. It just gave us that little bit more backing to kind of just really go for them and they all paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, so 10 years in, we got some investment from a family office, which which set us up really well. And last year in October, we actually had a major acquisition from News Corp. So oh, wow. That happened, oh, that's incredible. Yeah, that happened in October, which was yeah. 13 years Oh. our journey so yeah <laughs> yeah I feel like this day and age everyone's starting a business they like they want to take off straight away mm. but it takes such a long time to build an amazing team build a business and grow and also just learn yourself what yes. the hell you're doing right agree <laughs> I was gonna say for you as a person as you as a leader what was the hardest part yeah good question I think I think actually knowing that's my job to be the leader yeah, yeah. like I don't it's not that i wasn't I just don't actually think I appreciated that's what everyone's looking to me for yeah and I've actually got to really respect that and step up and even when I don't feel like a leader or I'm feeling out of my depth or whatever I'm not doing the right thing by the team if I don't actually take Mm. on that role and and own it and it's funny as you guys were setting up you were saying how much you enjoy the podcast because you get to kind of hear all these stories Mm, and you learn so much I used to be out producing and so talking oh, wow. to, to hey, people and it was actually, you know, he's in his 80s. He's had his business since he was 19. He said it was only like 10 years ago he appreciated his title of chairman. What does it actually mean? It actually means I'm meant to be a leader. Like yeah. they're looking to me for leadership and to take it all on and owning that and he teared up as he said it and I started tearing oh, no. up and it was, been, it was just this acknowledgement of, I don't feel like one, but everyone's expecting me to be one and I don't want to let anyone down. So bloody hell, I'm going to give it my best go. I'm going to be a leader today. Yeah. So you step into it. (laughs) To to you in your role, what what does a leader have to do? I think it's having the uncomfortable conversations when you don't want to. Mm -hmm. It's when you step into a room and maybe feel like you don't belong there, know that you're not there for you you're actually there for your team and so sometimes that gives me the courage when I'm feeling completely out of my depth that no I'm here because I'm here for them so I'm I'm going to do them justice and I'm going to make sure my voice gets heard um and I think it's just appreciating the fact that everyone's kind of on this like you can't do it alone and so you know, and everyone here has got their own, I guess, sort of journey they're trying to go on. And if I can kind of help support them, whether it's here or not here, mm. like what a what a great thing to yeah. do. So it's definitely what I want to be able to do yeah. here is I think just acknowledge everyone as individuals, um, but also kind of do them justice when I'm out there I when that. that imposter syndrome takes yeah, over. I and love that. You feel out of your depth like no. Nah, put my own feelings aside, yeah. I yeah. need to step up for them. So, and and that's yeah. so nice for me personally to hear because it's something I can relate to mm. in our businesses too. Sometimes I, I can't be bothered showing up but I know I have to mm. show up. Yeah. And I, I feel sometimes I do feel out of my depth when we're walking into the Vogue building and or something. I feel like, like it's a common, yeah, common issue in does. women too. Mm. I think it is. Talking about leading and stuff like that, I wanted to talk a little bit more about girls in tech. Yep. That is cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, girls in tech, it's a global, it's a 
global organization yep. actually started in the US in 2008 funnily enough huh. that's not when I joined yeah. um but Adriana Gascoigne is the founder she was in the tech industry and I think was the only female at the table wherever she went pretty oh, much wow. and I think just really wanted to create a safe space for for females in the tech industry where you know they can feel empowered you know they can educate themselves and um, that's pretty much what she set out to do. So there's 60 chapters globally. Um, I'm now the co-managing director of the Australian chapter. Wow. Um, I started as a volunteer back in, it was about six years ago, whatever that is. Oh, I'm the worst 2016, <laughs> let's go with that. Um, I think for me, like when I started, I mean, I was in my 20s, none of, like half my friends were still at uni, yeah. you know, and I was always I guess kind of, you know, the fact that I was married and even had a kid at that age sort of set me out. But I still didn't have a network around mm. me of people who had had businesses before and it's the most isolating bloody oh, yeah. it is. journey and I'm sure you two have mm. felt it. Like it's so, yeah, no one comes to you, none of your no. team come to you with good news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And yeah. you expect it just to have your rough days and you kind of can't show them like mm. it's, you know, you're constantly putting yourselves in these situations where you might not know the answer. You've never done this mm-hmm. before and you kind of got to figure it out, Problem right? solving. And so that, we say a business, running a business, a lot of problem solving. Yeah. Constantly. <laughs> and early on, I think just not having a network that had done it, I really struggled, mm-hmm. I think, with that imposter syndrome and finding my voice. My business partner's male. It wasn't uncommon for us to go to meetings and I'd just leave so deflated. Like, oh. I mean, it was well not have been there. No one even yeah. looked at yeah. me. Like you just sort of really... Yeah, whereas I think if I had had a community around me, it would have made all the difference. And I think going to a volunteer night, I just realised here's a group of women. I mean, everyone's from tech in some way, shape or form, even though none of them or some of them, but a lot of them don't have like traditional Mm. tech roles. It's just like I feel like I sort of found my tribe. And so it started off of us just hosting and putting on events and I soon realised that the women that were coming to these events and and now a lot of men and non-binary and I think, you know, every walk of life is coming along, I think what they're getting from it is they're just really vulnerable, Mm. quite raw conversations in a safe space where we don't feel like we're kind of singled out in any way. Or judged. Oh, I love it. Yeah, if I've had a shit day at work, Mm. that's the space I can go and say, I've had a really shit day today because I can't do it here all the time. And everyone's kind of got their version of of that. So the events, I think I just love from a community perspective, you can see the networks that were created. And I think just that that courage that sometimes you get in numbers really, really gives. Mm. And we just finished up our... God, fourth, fifth, fifth conference, oh, wow. which is a big one. There was two that were virtual in the middle there, which yeah. is what tripped me up there. Yeah. But um, it, we hosted in Melbourne. We had 700 virtual attendees and 300 wow. people in the room. We had engagement, like the community, 6,500, mm. and it's mainly been Melbourne, Sydney-based, maybe Melbourne, mainly Melbourne if I'm honest. So I think what really excites me is about how we can kind of, you know, branch far beyond yeah. mm. just, you know, the little Melbourne community we've got and go Australia-wide and I think just create that safe space I for tell yeah, anyone who feels like they need I it. I think we have to go to the next No, meeting. I was thinking you that do. too. Yeah, <laughs> because it's hard. Like sometimes you don't want to talk to your friends. I mean I can talk to Sarah obviously. 
obviously she's my business partner, but sometimes it's nice to talk to other people. In. Also, we're just in we're in a tech business, and I feel a little bit out of my depth. Oh yeah, like true. in one of our new businesses, and I'm like, yeah. I've never been involved in a startup or VC, yes, and I'm like, everyone does so. Oh, yeah, no one talks about yeah, it. Yeah, I, so. I, I do feel out of my depth <laughs> yeah. a bit. Yeah, but there's one thing that you touched on in that conversation just there that I want people to really connect to, and it's the importance of building a network. Yeah. Would you say that's one of the secrets in starting a business? 100%. And, like, you you learn as you go and you learn from the people who work with you, but, my God, you learn ten times more from your network and you get propelled farther, you get the connections, Mm. the network, you know, that old the networks, your net worth Mm. is so, so true. And I think, you know, girls in tech, you know, initially very selfishly was my way of kind of finding my my network that Mm. I for the first time felt at home. Like I had a professional network, but I just didn't feel like there were people I could be vulnerable with. And I think that's what it really gave me. And now it's just sort of grown from there of something you know I really want to try and give Mm. back because I remember how horrible it felt yeah isolated and it's even like we might walk away and one of our friends who has a brand's like I need a TVC commercial and now we're like oh we know where you can go (laughs) but that's how that's and we always lean on our friends and network for opportunities for us Mm. as well and that's it's it's opportunities that can by connecting with them it's a little like it's funny like i because I was pregnant when we started Visual Domain yeah. and my business partner, he was working in television, getting paid, you know, proper money, yeah, not yeah. startup money. Um, <laughs> and his wife was pregnant too. We've got both of us have got two kids, both within a week of each oh. other. We do wait. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he's, you know, he's the main breadwinner of his household. His wife's about to give birth. And I still remember the conversation of trying to convince him that, I actually think we've got something here. Yeah. You need to quit your high-paying job <laughs> yeah. that gives you security and, and jump on the other end. And he said, I'll do it if we have an office. So I called a friend oh. who had an office who gave us a few seats for free, oh. which if it hadn't been for that, I almost feel like yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't have kind of happened off yeah. the way that it did because, yeah, it's just so funny how it all, your network mm. really is. Yeah. yeah, it really is. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit more about video content because obviously when you started 2018, it has evolved so much. Yeah. Like we've got your TikTok now, your Instagram. Can you just give us a little rundown of like how you've seen it change and how clients are spending their money as well now compared to 2008? Yeah. Well, 2008, everyone had a website. Yeah. That's yep. maybe a MySpace page. But no, oh, for yeah. brands had a, had a website. <laughs> yeah. And so they normally got one video for their website and that's kind of them done for the next time until they want another one. So, you know, that was the landscape. I think as kind of social media grew and a real turning point I think was 4G on mobiles. Mm -hmm. God, I'm sounding so (laughs) (laughs) old. I don't even remember when that happened. Yeah, either do I. I do. (laughs) But I think when that happened, you know, Instagram really kind of took off Mm -hmm. in a different way and and video medium, medium became, you know something brands wanted content on and you know back then it was really just that website video they created they just wanted a cut down Mm, version of it for you know that was shorter and it was all about shorter videos shorter 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 and you know then I think we kind of saw a rise of the volume of content you needed on those channels to stay relevant so volume kind of crept back in I think the phase we're hitting now which I actually really love it's really starting to think about your 
each audience on each channel is so different, different even yeah. though it's for the same brand. Yeah. And I feel like brands are really either appreciating that and either sticking with with one channel and talking to that audience, not trying to just cover all with the same piece. Mm. Um, and I think the other thing that I really love in that as well is like I think TikTok has really kind of set this movement where it's not just about this kind of sell, it's really about entertainment. Yeah. And so, you know, they're really kind of leaning into being these little kind of entertainment channels in their own right, yeah, yeah. which is, you know, it's got to inform, it's got to educate, it's got to entertain in order to really take off. And I think that's a really fun challenge to take on. And I think a really exciting way for brands to talk about their product if yeah. they can be successful is putting it in those terms because, I mean, that's really what successful yeah. sales comes down to and now we get to do it in a video, which yeah. is cool. With specifically TikTok and you, you're flicking so much how many seconds do you have to capture a consumer's attention? I should know the official stats yeah. for this. But yeah. I, no, because I that's even for me, like I sometimes sit there and think, why did that video, why did I watch yeah. that whole video? And then sometimes I'm like, oh, no, nah, no. Nah. I think it's the type of content that captures you more. Like I think on TikTok especially, the second you see something look professional, mm. like you just flick yeah. like, before yes. you even give it a second. It's yeah. true. Um, it's more authentic and raw. You want that yeah, organic it's user. The more, I guess, amateur yeah. style for lack of, that was inverted comments. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, that really kind of takes that gets the momentum yeah. there. It's then So then, you know, for us. Yeah, I was going to say a brand professional. It comes down to now being creative and what's the idea and how we can yeah. kind of, I guess, still execute that style of work mm, at scale. That. That'd be hard. Which is so real. Yeah. I mean, like we've literally seen, you know, from video cameras on film and tapes to, to digital and, you know, we had every photographer decide uh-huh. they're a videographer yeah. overnight. You know, I think, you know, now it's almost like anyone with an iPhone pretty much yeah. can professionally you know, shoot and edit to a degree. Uh-huh. So we really need to up our game of what we bring to the table to create value. And for us, it's the creative ideas. I think the kind of collective skill set that we've got under the roof to try and execute and turn that around, just understand the brand and the medium mm, so that it yeah. still reflects it. Even if it's amateur style, inverted commas, yeah. <laughs> um, it still is reflective of the brand that yeah. we're doing it for, which is still, I think, really important. Yeah. I want to know what on the top of your head, what brand is doing all social media platforms really well? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like. I was just thinking then, I'm like, I could not tell you a brand that I think is doing each platform really well. Kmart maybe? I I think Gymshark do it really oh, yeah, Gymshark well. Gymshark do well. Do it really well, like TikTok, Instagram and all their video content. We do consume a lot of social media. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't. No, yeah, no, maybe yeah. I do. I'm trying to think, like I can tell brands on particular channels but you know I think Amazon's definitely yeah Amazon great doing so yeah well I think they've really nailed it uh, any brands that you f- particularly work with there's a food one on TikTok and Instagram that gets me that, and the reason it gets me it's like you can make a passive income of this much money I'm like oh, oh no I know what that is <laughs> um it's not Uber it's, it's like um a- it's DoorDash yes DoorDash do TikTok amazing and that's what I I try and see in videos, and you might be able to explain it better, how do you connect with 
the person that you're trying to on the other side of the screen, whether it be an emotional connection yeah. or like you know story. they want to make money or something. How do you create that the story? basics of knowing your audience, yeah. really. Like who who are the people that, you know, I want to hear what I have to say, what's important mm. to them and what's the best way for me to communicate it. Mm. It's, yeah. It's really, yeah, it's. I guess not very sexy, but it's super basic. But it's really at the end of the day, I think what works, you know, if you're going to do DoorDash on the side, it's because you probably want to earn extra income and you want to see how easy it could be to do and so to visualise, oh, yeah, no, I could do that is is kind of what what makes them so successful. Mm. Plus I think also all the sounds and everything. Yeah. They just suck you in Seriously. Yeah. 100%. Do you you have a favourite ad ever? I know I do personally. Do you? Yeah. Or something that just got me good. I know for the visual domain videos, there'll always be like a scene or a shot that just becomes like the shot of the year for me. But often it'll be because I know the individual who's Mm. done it and what they've probably thought about in that moment to pull it off or they've done or. You see it a lot different to how we see it. Yeah, yeah. Like I pick them apart. It's, It's Funny, my husband's like a carpenter and yeah. whenever we walk in somewhere, we'll be looking at like the beads <laughs> yeah. and the thing and wherever I watch a TV commercial or something, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so hard they yeah, did that yeah. and that would have been so hard for that one shot. Um, so I think for me it's just always the little shots the that little I think I, yeah, yeah. get into Make the most. You think, yeah. What's your favourite? <laughs> it's Well, one video content that's got me good was that it was a UK video and it was about She Can and it was about played on all oh. these um, like special needs people, all these women with disabilities oh, yes. yeah, doing do all that. these sports. And I, it was just so heartwarming. Heartwarming. And Nike do those so oh, yeah, well. Yeah, they do so well. Yeah. 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 And I don't know, it just hit me on a different level where it just made my heart really warm. Yeah. Interesting. No. Mm. Where do you see social media going now? Like oh, not so, well, yeah, social media, video side of it. I think it is more entertainment yeah. content and I think – yeah, I think specify really kind of focusing on one channel and doing that really well. You've sort of seen them kind of do all, and yeah. even though they're focused on this one, they're still touching on the others just to kind of keep them going. But I think the focus on just really owning one mm-hmm. or a couple within you know what a brand can kind of handle mm-hmm. is definitely where I can see things going over yeah. the next few years. I think just yeah less about that hard sell which has definitely been a trend for a while but more about that entertainment and I think what that means is where we were getting videos that had to be you know 30 seconds or less or under a minute definitely never a minute and a half you can have a video go for 15 minutes we've produced some for clients that go for like 10 minutes and they get views, like they are get they engagement. Like on Instagram and things like that? They're still on Instagram wow. and on social media. Like people are quite happy to sit in front of their phones instead of the TV mm. and be entertained. So I think for brands, what an exciting opportunity. 100%. It's not just about having a 30-second TV ad in the middle of a, you know, primetime TV mm. show. You can be the primetime TV and mm. we're seeing brands do that really well. We just had um, one for Cooper's brewery and they're celebrating their 160th year Um, and so they've done a series where they've just gone and talked to other family businesses who've been around for a long time and really just you know talk to them and 
how one they're amazing stories yeah. like they're just incredible stories but the fact that they've really kind of they've led this it's obviously it's their show and they've they've done it I think so well just found these incredible people to talk to it's just so exciting I think for brands to think that they they can kind of think bigger and it doesn't mean mm. a bigger budget you'd probably spend less on some of that stuff than what you would have that 30 yeah, second ad yeah, and you true. know what like I'm not a consumer of Coopers but I would watch that ad because I'm interested and that's maybe how you have to think you it's not you're not going to convert for the hard sale but you're creating some kind of connection with the audience exactly mm. no I think yeah. you've hit the nail on the head right there it's just building that connection of yeah. your brand with the people you want to have a connection with you and and that's the goal yeah yeah I have a question about um streaming services and ads oh no (laughs) (laughs) no like as a as a video content creator do you think there'll be a time where we do have ads do you mean like in Netflix Netflix stand and things like that they're talking about it because obviously Mm. their bottom lines are decreasing Mm, so they have to increase revenue so is that a new area where brands could potentially Oh, I not. I love how there's no ads I left. No, you can see it. Like yeah. I reckon there would be some role for it somewhere in a lot of those or it'd be more brand brand funded TV shows, which oh, is yeah, true. you know, happening I think more and more. Was and that like product placement kind of thing or correct, yeah. but you know, also just brand funded entertainment mm. as a whole. Like in all seriousness, even that Cooper series I was just touching on would have a place on a Netflix and it would yeah. stand alone. And, you know, I think oh, yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot more space for brands to do that. Funnily enough, it's what my business partner used to do, oh, really? you know, 14 years ago yeah. was was that on, you know, a lot of the, um, you know. So, show like a oh, short documentary like a or something. There's a lot yeah, of, even those light yeah, entertainment yeah. shows are often, you know, there's a brand-funded element behind some of those yeah. stories and, it's subtle and you wouldn't know it and, yeah. We can yeah. see it happening. You're right. You can see it happening now. Like there's that Abrac- – I can never say Abercrombie, Abercrombie and Finch on yeah. Netflix. Like there's that document. Mm. There's Von Dutch. Like mm. Von Dutch has obviously had its moment, lost its moment, and then bought out the documentary mm. and it's having its moment again. People yep. are buying Von Dutch. So you can see it happening. Doesn't Beyonce do it well? Yes. She knew what she was doing yeah. when she wanted the rights to the 100%. footage from Coachella. Yeah, exactly. Oh. 100%. Like yeah. Jennifer Lopez. There's a Jennifer Lopez one at the moment. Um, but I did hear this morning on Netflix that did you guys hear that on the news? They're going to instead of just having like your own membership, you know how people can use your own oh, yeah. memberships or whatever. Mm. They're having this thing that if you want other people to access your membership, so family members, you have to pay for an additional TV. Oh. So you have to register your like TV, a different TV. So just say you had a holiday house in Port Saint, so and you wanted to log yeah. onto your Netflix, you have to pay additional to have it on another TV, wow. but it's still your membership. Yeah. So well, that's because obviously smart will figure out a loophole. Yeah, oh, right. 100%. 100%. <laughs> but I heard that this morning. So maybe they'll try that before they introduce the ads. Maybe. Another, another video content that I'm trying to wrap my head around and China does it really, really well is live shopping. Yeah, true. Is that? I don't see that. Oh, okay. Well, so it's like we do map- interactive video shopping so you oh, can wow. actually like those ads things like the Danon's direct kind of thing oh those no no, no. that's not what we're doing so if it's a you know a, say it's a, a runway fashion show mm-hmm. you can actually opt to purchase the products on the yeah, runway that's similar what to what they do yeah yeah, yeah. I to be oh, honest, I think it's so clever and it it's so, so smart yeah. because everyone watches on a mobile. On mobile, your videos are full 
screen. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you want that kind of clicked purchase opportunity, you know, and you've got so someone easy. watching a video, you're really expecting them to stay on the landing page once the video is done, which let's be honest, no one does. Yeah. just clicks back or onto the next video. So I think that opportunity to purchase in instantaneously instantaneously how does, how does that work exciting. do you like click on the video and you click on the video and it just opens up like a little kind of shadow box or kind of oh, wow. where you can add to cart and and off you go it's so actually clever. really stream uh, and seamless very many, clever many brands in australia doing that now we're so we're working with a company called um voodoo and with our new partners news corp to be able to offer it because you can't do it on all of the social media sites because oh, yeah. you're in their player it's not the native player yeah. Um, working with News Corp so that when they're, I guess, sort of, um, yeah, on their different relevant pages, when they're featuring a product, they can now include a bit more information and, and give, you know, the, the audience that mm. opportunity to purchase straight from there if, if they want to. You guys to. need to do a production at like Fashion Week in Melbourne or something and have like it set up there and do that because I feel like people would buy they, when they want something they want it then exactly yeah, that would be a good so part the expectation <laughs> yeah I feel like that's your next one instant I, gratification yeah <laughs> I want to talk about you personally how do you balance being a mum a wife and running a business a leader of a hundred yes. people <laughs> um not very no <laughs> <laughs> I think everything kind of has this moment right like yeah. sometimes everyone's like. The, like no one has balance, like males, females, freaking no no one's getting to everything that they want. And I think it's just knowing that sometimes work is going to take over and I'm yeah. not going to have space for much else, but also recognising when it's not, I've kind of got to take those opportunities mm-hmm. and, you know, make sure that there's those, there's always those anchor points of family first and foremost, like that's always been there even when work does take over. But you know, I guess sort of adding to that, you know, sometimes families, you know, there'll be big weeks for the family mm-hmm. and you just got to be present and you got to mm. be there. And I think just not being so structured with it and just knowing sometimes it's just going to happen. Yeah. And, you know what? I need to stay and I need to work till 11 o'clock because that's what I've got to do. But I'll be, I'll be home on time tomorrow and I'll make sure I get the quality time in and make yeah. up for it. Um but I think also, like, I run, so that's definitely yeah, that an helps. <laughs> yeah, I was just If I say, didn't yeah. have that, which I actually haven't had it for the last two years, I had a foot injury. Oh, I just no. went on my first run, like, last week, which I haven't had for two Oh, my God, like, you'd feel like a new person. all the two person. years to not run. Oh, yeah, So it's true. been doing, I've been going a bit insane. The second I, like, my feet run the pavement, I'm like, oh, oh, I feel like a whole like person again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's so important. Like, we work out most days and it's like, I say to my partner, he's like, oh, you're going to work? I'm like, yes, because I'm a better person yeah. when I do something like this. I don't sleep well because a million thoughts are running in my mind. So even just having like always get a good workout yeah. during the day, at least I'll kind of sleep because, you know, I've gotten that right. energy out. Yeah. Sort of, I think it just helps everything. You so also so feel important. like you've done something good for yourself. Yeah. That's what I've been noticing lately. It's like if I yourself. don't do it, I'm like, oh. I need to do something that's good for myself. Mm, it's good filling for up me. your car. Yeah. Meanwhile, we have to give you some Tally Lou tights because we're a sportswear <laughs> brand, so we'll have to do love. <laughs> but, yeah, that's filling up cup. How yeah. do you fill up your cup apart from running? Is it family time? Is that what warms your heart? Yeah, pretty much family. Family yeah. time, like it is definitely running and just going to the gym. Mm. I'm pretty simple really. Yeah, time yeah. with friends, definitely time with girlfriends I think is just so, so important. Important if 
not having running the last two years, I don't think if I had my girlfriends, I would have mm. lasted. There's this Jane Fonda video floating around at the moment. Have you seen it? No. She talks about guys with when they're with their male friends and she you know, acknowledges it's a total generalisation, which I will as well, but they tend to look outwards. They'll look at, oh, that's a cool car, that's this. And, yep. you know, they, they look out, they'll be watching sport. It's, mm. Whereas I think females generally, very big generally, mm. tend to actually talk more inwards with yeah, each other. Right. Like you don't seem right today. What's going mm. on? And, Are you okay? Yeah. yeah. I need a cough. I'm sorry. No, no, sorry. <laughs> That's funny you say that because Tal and I went out to lunch with one of our best friends the other day and Tal called me the next day and she's like, that was such a nice lunch. Mm. And I was like, it's kind of like a therapy session. It's, it's just what I needed. Like I'm yep. totally fine but like just sitting there with your girlfriends and just letting so- stuff off your chest. Yeah. You're like I don't know where that came from. Yep. It felt I just had such a beautiful afternoon. I was like, I really enjoyed that. You feel a bit whole again, yeah. I think, after those sessions. I think, you know, going through the last few years and not having yeah. those can but then just making sure you make them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nothing, nothing better. No, nothing. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Do you have any advice for anyone who is thinking they might start a business or thinks that oh, I can't do that, I'm not a leader or a type of person. Bloody go for it. Yeah. Yeah. No one feels like everyone's successful has felt exactly like you do mm-hmm. right now, guarantee it. Like yeah. no one feels confident, no one always feels like they can do it, but they do it anyway. And I think that kind of, you know, when I started, I shared at the start, everything I was up against, like failure was not an option. Yeah. Maybe you don't need to put yourself in quite that high <laughs> state. But in some ways, I'm so grateful for it because I think it gave me that extra grit and determination. So if you can find that in a less stressful way, mm. I highly recommend it. But, like, anyone can do it. It's mm. just, I guess, sort of just taking that first step and believing in yourself enough to not give up yeah. through it, which I know is very corny, but it honestly is the truth. I love that. That's good advice. <laughs> I also want to ask um, before we wrap up, what is next for yourself personally and then what is next for visual domain? Oh, good one. Oh, well, global <laughs> domination. No. Yes. Um, for visual course, domain, always. I think definitely we are thinking a lot, a lot, lot bigger. So our offering even like last year used to be quite, I guess, kind of similar. We're now branching out. We've got five departments of visual domain and um, I think just really looking at how we can best, you know, live our vision of being partners in production to brand, which means something so different today Mm -hmm. and in the future than what it has. So... um, Do you have international clients? We have a few and we'd like a few more because I believe we can do it really well. So working on all of that. So global domination, of course. (laughs) Um, I think for me it's interesting like my kids are like teenagers now so it's such a transition I've got a 15 and a 12 year old and I think I'm going through the journey like they're not going to live with me forever I just figure out who I am when I'm not with you know yeah not mom and the old sense is such a different version of that now and it's obviously going to change a lot over the next five to ten years still very relevant but the place is different so for me I think it's almost like very corny again, but figuring out who I am on my own when this definition yeah. of mum is so different. Um, this is one of the conversations we're having on Saturday with our girlfriend who but, is a mum. Hmm. Every podcast with females who are in business, that is a common thing. Yeah. Trying to find out who they are without all those other exterior yeah. labels. Yeah. So, it's good that you're aware of it though. Mm, I think a lot don't of Don't know what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's there though. Yeah. But I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, well, it was so good to have you on. Where can people find you? Social media, LinkedIn? LinkedIn for sure. Yeah. And always up for chat. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. I feel like a lot of people are going to get so much out of that. Like I definitely got a lot oh, out of so it. So much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was such a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so Thank much for having me. Thank you, Thank you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.